Hello and welcome to our LCI podcast here at Life Church. We're so excited today because we are joined here in one place, in one accord with our very own, I guess, with the family here that yeah. you have, uh, Rory Chance. It's nice to have you. Yeah, it's great to be here. Yeah, I'm excited for this podcast. It is kind of spur of the moment. You yeah. kind of just in town and uh, Pastor throwing me the idea that, hey, maybe we can connect with Rory and see if he wants to be able to talk. And you have a lot of you know years of experience in ministry and and uh, maybe you can take a short moment to, to give us all of that um, for those who don't know. Um, but you're pastoring currently over at uh, Christian Life Church in Monroe, Louisiana. Yes. Did I say that right? Yeah, okay. Correct. And, uh, but for those who don't know you and mm-hmm. don't necessarily know who Rory Chance is, how about you take like, you know, 10 seconds and okay. just kind of give us a little synopsis of who Roy Chance is. Okay. Well, for, for this local church, I am uh, Jocelyn's husband. Uh, <laughs> uh, my, my in-laws attend here at Life Church, sure. uh, the, the Comptons and Ryan and Missy and all their family. But um, as far as my history and ministry, I, um, I've been in ministry just over 20 years. Uh, for a while, we were in Flagstaff. Many people in this church right. uh, here supported us there and uh, helped us. And so... Um, also, uh, we've been in Louisiana. We moved from Flagstaff to Louisiana seven years ago, and we're, I actually serve as a assistant pastor yeah. uh, to my uncle there at Christian Life Church in Monroe. It's a great church, and um, love it. It's it's been great. In fact, Brother Boffman has been trying to say, you know, when are you going to come back to Arizona? I was like, as soon as I can convince you know <laughs> all of those people from that right. wonderful home church to come with us. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, th- then it w- might be a deal. I just got to show them the weather and. In, exactly. In <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Just don't talk about the summer. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, yeah. we're excited to have you on. Um, you know, I I have seen you off and on. Um, yeah. You know, we haven't uh, when you pastored over in Flagstaff and everything like mm-hmm. that. I have seen you, you know, online and here at the church, obviously for the family and stuff like that. Yeah. So, uh, I I've come to know you by 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 visual experience. <laughs> I've I've yeah, seen yeah, your preaching stuff like that, and we're excited to have you on. Um, I thought maybe today, normally I have like a specific topic mm-hmm. um, that we just dive deep into. Um, but for this one, I thought maybe we can talk uh, about a overcompassing topic, which is connection. Yeah. Um, I think in the church, and I think in as any ministry, really, um, connection is so important to be connected with other people. Yeah. Uh, good kind of connection. Um, to be able to, we we have here at Life Church a connection pastor. Yeah, you know Andrew Loring is our connections pastor, and he does a great job with that. Um, we just use you know the most outgoing, excited person yeah. around, and yeah. we use them it's as the fitting, connection. Yeah. Yes, that's Andrew Loring, yeah. and so I think there's a great benefit to that. I think there's a need for that. So how about we just dive into that topic, um, connections? You are doing some things, Pastor filled me in um, yeah. at you know Christian Life Church. Uh, uh, with connection, small groups and such yeah. like that. Is there something you would like to just kind of start the conversation off about connection? Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's become a huge passion of mine uh, over the last few years, um, especially post-COVID. Now, we, going back a few years, um, I attended Motion it, at uh, First Church in Pearland. Yeah, I have too. And, it's a great uh, conference. Phenomenal conference, Love church it. growth. And um I came away from that realizing that, that something huge was missing in our church that, that they kind of articulated, and that was small groups. So mm-hmm. um, we came back from that, and uh, we, we launched our small groups ministry and, uh, and with the whole intent of, of uh, bringing connection to our church. is um, The idea behind it wasn't 
to have you know a ton of Bible studies in homes. It was just for people to be able to do life alongside one another. And so um, we launched that, and and you know it's it's taken some years to get to where where we really want to be with it. And it's it's really not as big as it was when it started because of COVID, but I feel like we've we're packing a little bit more of a punch in in the things that we're doing. And so, um, but, but to talk a little bit more about that, um, our, our church is, is unique. We, we sit in Monroe, Louisiana, which, um, across the river is West Monroe. And, um, so we, we have people who drive up to an hour from, uh, from small towns around and come to, so we're, we're the big city uh, of our area, which is not really that big, big of a city, but, um, but we kind of attract people from all these smaller communities that come in. So, sure. you know, there's some church members. I live 30 minutes north of the church. They live an hour south of the church. So um, all of our kids don't go to the same high school. Now, we're, we're in a Southern Baptist community where a lot of people go to church right outside their neighborhood. Yeah. A lot of their youth groups, they all go to the same school. So um, their youth pastors and, and ministers are heavy presence in that school. And so they, they have this sense of they're doing life together, whether they're at school, whether they're playing sports, whether they're um, at church, wherever, you know, so they're, they're always with the same group. And they have these deeper connections where we found ourselves struggling to have the same thing in our own church. Mm. And so small groups has, has been the way, you know, to, to develop relationships. When I, when I arrived at our church, you know, I, being on staff, I started meeting all these people. And I would I'd be talking to a member about another member, and they're like, "Wait, who is that?" Right? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, "You don't know him. You've been here for a long time." Yeah, exactly. And so um, that was a, a constant thing. Is is we had kind of like bubbles of fellowship and families that stuck together. And so yeah. our goal was really to break that apart and and bring people into a, a closer fellowship in a larger church. Sometimes difficult to do because you know they could they could come in and sit on opposite sides of the church and yeah. never meet one another. That's true. And so. Um, our small group ministry is, is we, we probably have about 15 small groups right now, and um, and we kind of incorporated some men's ministry and ladies' ministry into that, and, and we express it through our small groups. But um, the, the part I really wanted to, to talk about, and Pastor and I talked a little bit about this yesterday, is, is over the last six months, we've probably seen six six to seven new young families you know with children come in mm-hmm. to our church um out of the community and um and they're all looking for the same thing and that is connection yeah um every one of them have said some variation of the same thing to me and that is we don't want to just go to church wow we don't want to just yeah you know that for for us in our community the bible south that's a big thing is everybody goes to church mm-hmm. And they're coming, and they're saying, "We want more. We want, we want genuine relationship. We want genuine connection. We want genuine fellowship." Um, and what they're, what I've figured out is what they're, what they're expressing is they don't even know this, but it is a desire for a Book of Acts type of walk with God. In Acts two forty two, it says they they fellowship, they broke bread with one another, they prayed, they met together daily. In other words, they're looking for deeper connection. They don't want to just be the religious, you know, people who show up yeah. to church on Sunday. And so, all of these families have come to us, and they've said some variation of the same thing. And 
there have been several ways that we've been kind of able to incorporate them into the church, even as brand new people who, who don't know a whole lot, whole lot about what we believe. And um, one of those is um, about twice a year we break into small groups on, on Wednesdays. So about six months of the year we have pastoral teaching in the sanctuary. Okay. You know, the youth will go out to their thing, and the kids, they always do that. Right. But during that period of time, we'll, we'll have two or three classes where they're more discussion-based classes. And um, just this, we just ended this last semester, the beginning of December. And for uh, 12 weeks, we walked through the book of Nehemiah. Mm. Several of those new families came to this Wednesday, you know, class instead of just because they didn't want to just come on Sunday. They came right. Wednesdays. So we're over here struggling to get people who've been members 20 years. Please come on come Wednesday. Yeah. And and they they came and, and connected and, awesome. and started having conversations and, you know, Bible study together coming to revelations about things, we're able to, to, to feed in things that are not necessarily in the book of Nehemiah that, that were brought up by the book of Nehemiah. And so we've seen an amazing response from, from these people um, regarding connection. Right. That's what they're hungry for. That's awesome. So they're learning together and growing together. Yeah. And just kind of connecting in a way. Um, that's awesome. I think I, I've noticed uh, with a year like 2020, and COVID yeah. and everything like that, connection has been starved out of us, and we That's needed right. it so much um, that we're seeing that now. You know, uh, those people who felt like maybe alone and yeah. lonely, and and there is something about uh, watching online, you know, mm. but there is something about being surrounded by people and believers and people like-minded that are they are hungry for God right. uh, to experience the power that God has together. Yeah. And so I think it's good to have connection. And, you know, here at Life Church, we have our specific groups. Like we have Young Marrieds. We have, um, you know, Avenue is Young Marrieds. You have the student groups. You know, you have uh, the high school, the college. You have the junior high. Um, you have all the you know, cornerstone yeah. m- people, you know, midlife crisis, kind of yeah, middle yeah. age there. Uh, you have Dream Team, who are the, the elders of the church. And uh, just opportunities to grow and get connected. And, you know, these aren't necessarily... Um, you know, Bible studies when they get together, you know, they're, they're more of events and stuff like that. But the whole point behind them and, and pastor be able to, to, to back this is so that we could connect uh, with others and have a, a sense of uh, unity and connection and outreach um, outside the four walls of the church. Yeah. And, you know, there's something to that, you know, that we don't just have church here in these four walls that, the ministry and the gospel continues throughout the week uh, to gather in other places and to reach more people. And I think that's what connection is all about. Um, and there's people hungry for that, like you were saying, those families, you know, that right. that, that are they're <clears throat> wanting to do more than just church. That's right. You know? Yeah. And, you know, I, I was raised in the church, and I don't know, were you raised in the church? Absolutely. You know, I, I had to go to church every Sunday, every Wednesday. Yeah. Every youth revival, every you know actual revival throughout the week. I went every single day. I I was raised on the pews and stuff like that, so I know what going to church is. Um, but to tell you the truth, as a teenager turning eighteen, mm-hmm. I was so far from connected to other people yeah. that I felt like it was just me and God. Absolutely. And I starved myself. 
Um, and there's those people that, that feel the same way, and they just want something more when they come uh, and gather themselves around people that are like-minded. That's right. And so that's yeah. where connection, there's, there has to be a person like, like the ministry, but not necessarily just the ministry, but yeah. believers that go to your church that have to step out of their comfort zone and connect. Right. Yeah. Because there's those people wanting and desiring to be connected to. Absolutely. So it's you know I think I think the greatest soul winning tool that we overlook is ourselves. Sure. Is is when we become available to these people that that are looking for that connection and we make room in our life to have those kind of connections is it does you know talking about growing up in church. I thought you had to be able to teach a 12-week Bible study, quote all the right scriptures, right. be able to argue all the doctrine. And here's the thing is, is arguing doesn't win anybody. Mm-hmm. Love does. The Bible yeah. says it's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. And and by the same token, it's the love of God's people. By this shall all men know you are my disciples. By your love one for another is when we genuinely, authentically love people, do life alongside people, make room for people that are are not like us. That's that's the hard part yeah. of of church growth is is we can't come in and expect all these people to be just like us. But but when we love them and make room and and bring them in as if they were always apart, like there there's something powerful and spiritual about that. And and it, it leads people to you know, the the word repentance I think that's one of our it, it can become a religious word yeah. um, that we misunderstand. And and the the word repentance I go back to this a lot, is made up of two words in the Greek, meta, noia. So meta means to change, noia means the mind. What changes people's mind is not necessarily how well we can articulate our position. Mm. Sometimes it's it's the influence that we curate through daily relationships right. and through, through time when they see the outcome. And, and the scripture talks about this. It says, consider your leaders, consider the outcome of their life and when, when you're choosing your leaders and those that you're going to follow. And so I think that it's the same thing with people is, is if you can have, you know, well-formed arguments, but if you have a malformed relationships, people aren't going to listen to you. Mm. People are not going to be attracted to what you have to offer. But, but when they see a community of believers that is happy, that is yeah. joyful, that loves one another, that, that suffers bumps and bruises but can get over it. You right. know, in the world, everybody just cuts each other off. But if, yep. if they could see genuine forgiveness and restoration happening, I, I think that those are powerful things in the church that, that we can bring to the table just by making ourselves available um, for those kinds of connections. And um, so last semester of our, our community groups, we do a fall and, and spring semester um, something I've wanted to do for a long time was have a men's group, and I delayed and delayed, and was trying to get someone else to do it, like you know, a good leader, and push yeah. somebody. And finally, I decided, you know what, I'm going to do it. And um, and so we we started a weekly men's luncheon. Um, we meet every Thursday at noon. Wow! And we just have a group text. Uh, there's about 25 guys in the group text. And we'll, I'll send out a text and say, hey, we're eating at such and such place. Well, we, we have on average 10, 10 to 15, sometimes 20 come every week. Wow. But the revelation hit me when, when preparing for this group that a lot, a lot of times we say we want to be Christ-like. And what we mean is like we, we want the white robes. We want to shine in holiness. Like we, <laughs> we want to be pure of heart and right. all of those things. But, but how did Jesus live? He lived alongside 12 men 
yeah. that they were a daily a part of each other's lives. They were not people that I see on the weekend, but they their right, lives they were, were folded together, yeah. thrown together. And that's how Jesus to- chose to live his life. And I think that it's a powerful aspect of ministry that we leave apart is, is it's easy to sit on our high tower of salvation and be like, we got everything we need. But Jesus was was out there interacting with the world every day, making himself available. Who, who are the ones who changed the world? The ones who had access to him daily. And we, we often interpret that as relationship with God, which of course we need. Yeah. But it also conspired through relationship with one another. Mm. And and I, I feel like that that's, that's the model of ministry. You, you kind of touched on it, that will be most effective post-COVID. If the church can provide a place of community and connection fueled by God's anointing and power yeah. and His Spirit, man, the world is ripe for harvest if if we can bring ourselves to make room for that because yeah. we're all busy. That's so, true. Yeah, yeah. and I we had a discipleship uh, topic on a couple podcasts ago uh, with Corey Saunders, and uh, one of the themes that popped off is that there is so much more weight from a friend than a stranger. Yeah. That the words of a friend hold so much more weight than the words of a stranger. And so uh, I just think there's so much to connecting yeah. with people and not only just, you know, introducing yourself and saying hi every once in a while, but just getting to know them. You know, sometimes it's not sitting down with them and telling them that they need to be saved and the Acts 238 lesson just right. in the first conversation that you have with them. Yeah. Sometimes it's just getting to know where they work or, you know, what do you do? How many kids do you have? You know, just kind of growing your closeness and relationship to them. And then they have a sense of, of security with you. And then, you know, that's when you can start discipling and, and creating opportunities to grow right. the relationship with God. And so what what would you say? I, I, I know we didn't have prep questions, but I have yeah. a couple for you. Sure. Um, what, what would you say, has there been any specific changes w- when it comes to connection um, uh, post, I guess it's not post-COVID. We got another yeah. variant and everything yeah. keeps getting crazy. Yeah. Um, but now that people have come back to church, um, and, and there has been, you know, uh, a new way of doing things. Mm-hmm. Uh, people say the new normal. Yeah. But, um, you know, has anything changed when it comes to connection, or has it given us more opportunities maybe? Yeah, I think I think the biggest thing that has changed is people are, are much more aware of their own need for it. Sure, yeah. I think that that, you know, and that's, that's what I'm hearing from these newer families that are, are coming in. Um, and, you know— I, they're they were alone they were isolated they were you know they were apart and and it's like it's it's like a different landscape altogether i think is is nobody really wants you know you talk about lockdown and people cringe yeah which you know thank the lord you know that i I don't believe that's on the horizon for us anymore Mm -hmm. but but that time away from one another and that time you know empty empty church buildings you know i had to preach a few times to an empty church building it's it's a difficult thing um, and so I think that there's just a greater awareness of our need um, to be connected with people. And yeah. um, if anything, I think that that COVID has shined a light on that for us. And um, and so and the other thing is, I think that there's a, just a genuine hunger for that. Yeah, is is genuine, authentic relationship. And um, I know it's it's easy for me. I'm I'm 39. I'll be 40 next year. In the middle of my life, we we have such a busy schedule. Even 
COVID, you know, yeah. like we, we've got all kinds of things happening all the time. Uh, my, my, my kids keep our schedule as a family full. And, and so I think that balancing all of that, um, COVID has shown us and our family that, that we need other people, that we need, we need connection in the church, that we were not meant to sit in our own living rooms and pursue faith. That's, that's not God's grand designer plan. And so, um, for us, it's it's becoming more intentional about finding the time and making the space to do that. Um, I listened to um, a podcast by Adam Shaw a while back um, called The Restorationist. Great podcast. But there's one particular episode in in which he talks about the miracle of um, of the the multiplied oil when when uh, Elijah comes to the widow. She's running out of oil, yeah. and he he tells her, "Go gather all the vessels that you can, mm-hmm. and don't gather too few of them." And the story goes that as many vessels as she brings, you know, they, they're filled with oil. And so, the point that he made was that that God God multiplies oil. That's what He does. He's in the miracle business, like right. the stuff that we can't do: change hearts, change minds, um, bring people from the brink. Um, deliverance. We, we can't do those things. Yeah. Th- that's God can do those things. We can pray for people, and God can use us in some capacities. But the miracle belongs to God. And on the other side of that, though, is the issue of the vessels. And um, she got to determine how big the miracle was or how small the miracle was. Mm. God was always going to multiply the oil. But if she brought one little vessel, then right. she got one little vessel's worth. Yep. And... The reason I bring that up is is that that's kind of what has informed my ideology regarding connection with people. Um, the more room that I make in my life for others, the more room that I make in my life, I'm really making room for God's ministry to flow, for God's anointing to flow, that's for yeah. for the word to flow, for those things to happen. And so for us, it's like how how can we find another vessel? Like what what yeah. can we cut out of the schedule? What can we how can we prioritize God's people more? Because historically, especially in our church, we have this history of people, you know, you, you put together a great event and then like it's kind of a tepid turnout. Like, well, you know, mm-hmm. same same faithful people show up trying to draw in those fringe people. And so for us, it hasn't been about bigger. It's been how many vessels can we bring? Sure. How many different ways can we finally connect? That's Thursday good. lunch was one of them, and we do it every Thursday and not everybody can come every Thursday, but somebody can come every Thursday. Yeah. And so we've seen that balloon over the last four or five months into something that that'll probably be a part of our church forever. Yeah, and these good. guys, these guys are tight knit now. Yeah. Um, and then there are other connections. We have young marrieds, and that's been a ministry that's been kind of ignored for a while. Mm. And so we're we're just in the beginning stages of of kind of trying to yeah. do the same thing among that group. So That's good. it's it's how much how much room can you make for God to move? You know? I think being intentional about it. Yeah, and, you know, going out through your day and being like, what can I do? Being you know your mindset changing towards it. Yeah. Um, what are some ways uh, that that you can do? Because I mean, let's be honest, life gets busy, life gets stressful, and sometimes it's all about what you're dealing with and what yeah. you're doing. Um, is there a way uh, to continually have the mindset for others uh, to at least continually look for opportunities to connect, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Uh, are there ways to kind of have that kind of mindset? Um, I think I think one is 
it starts in your personal prayer time. Sure. We, we all tend to pray for ourselves more than other people. Yeah. I think if we can flip that on its head and some of these people that are a part of our life is, is put them first in our prayer um, above ourselves, if, if anything, as an exercise for, you know, for a while um, to get our mind off of ourself. And yeah. I, I think that that's one way. Another way, I think, is, is taking advantage of what the church provides. So, you know, Life Church has many ways to connect, but they're all worthless if you don't take advantage of the opportunity. Yeah. If you say, well, you know, it's not the best night for us, and we have this. I think the king, in the kingdom of God, we, we have gotten into the habit of trying to wedge it in where— the reality is, is it needs to be the core, and everything else needs to rotate around Priority, it. Yep. And so, I think that that's that's the big thing is is recognizing that I don't I don't attend church events for me. Yeah. I don't I don't attend church service for me. Right. I don't. I'm not coming here to you know my my feeding time, and I've had to learn this in ministry, and it took a while to learn it. My feeding time has to be a personal walk with God, so that when when our corporate time comes together. I'm I'm there for other people. Yeah. Someone needs me. When I'm worshiping, it's not just like, man, I need a good touch today. It's like I'm contributing to an atmosphere that can set someone else free. Right. And so I, I think that that's the big thing is taking advantage of the opportunities and then having the mindset that, that I exist. You know, they said this a lot at Motion. It stuck with me. I exist to serve others. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, no, it's it should be the staple yeah. of why we're here. You know, we're, we are to create disciples and to spread the gospel. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, I feel like the more you put into you reaching others and connecting with others, the, the more it will benefit you in return. Yeah. And uh, you'll see yourself grow. Uh, so, yeah, this has been really good. Is there something, as we're wrapping this up, um, that you thought of in the short time I've given you to, to, to prep for this? Uh, yeah. That you would want to leave for the viewer or listener some, some commission or some sense of wisdom to, to give to the viewer here today. I think the the and, and I touched on it, I think the biggest thing is is make room for the miracle. That's good. Is is make room for for God to minister and to move among um, among your relationships. Is you don't have to be the most spiritual person. You don't you don't have to always have a scripture prepared to say to somebody, but but being authentically Christian and being in relationship with people makes room for God to do things. You know, life change happens through relationships, mm. and and we get our sense of where we are and where we're going from the connections around us. And so, I, I think that the biggest thing is is make room for that. The more the church makes room for one another, um, we we see it modeled in Acts. The Bible says that they added to the church daily. Daily, yeah. Is there people every day in your life that God? God cr- intends for you to cross paths with mm. and it's easy as an adult not to be looking for new friends. Yeah. It really is. But I think that that we have to become like friend machines. It's like I I need to build a relationship. It don't have to be the deepest one. No, right. Not everybody's going to be your best friend. But but being available to people is really being available to the kingdom of God. That's good. And so um so that's the biggest thing I would I would leave uh, for life churches is make room and and show up. Yeah, show up. You know, I, brother Boffman. You know, will pat me on the back for saying this, but show up. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, show up. Uh, yeah. But yeah, make room for others. Yeah. You know, it's so important. Well, thank you. I appreciate you joining us here on the LCI yeah, podcast. I enjoyed it. Thank you uh, for it's having been me. A lot of fun, and uh, hopefully, something today you know spoke to someone, and uh, 
we wish you all the best over in, in Louisiana. And uh, God bless. Absolutely. Thank Thank you you so much for joining our LCI podcast today. We hope that something today in the conversation ministered to your heart. And if it did and you enjoyed it, be sure to share with your friends. Also, if you're watching on our YouTube channel, be sure to subscribe and hit the notification bell. That way you're notified every time a new episode is uploaded. Also, if you're listening to this, be sure to give us a follow. That way you're notified as well. Again, thank you so much for joining us. We're looking forward to the next episode. And God bless. Thank you.